0: So, as per this morning, while one side in America makes childbearing chattel of women again, and crushes the voter logs in great transparent waves of undemocratic and or theocratic zeal, the other side smiles and tears up about our great freedoms and exceptional society. Hmm, which is true, or are they both, or neither? It is easy, I think, to see the appeal of the former. It is the totalitarianism of faith. And since the big three faiths in the West are identical in their oppressiveness, particularly of women, and then perhaps all the other isms flow from this dullard habit of mind men are superior because they are bigger we can still, in the United States anyway, claim religious freedoms as our greatest bumper sticker. And on the bumper it remains. Because we are free to be one of the three, and all three agree do think about it. For the other side, they might as well be religious zealots because they are defending their own meritocratic creed. They are the better ones, the educated ones, the creative class that in fact David Brooks creates nothing except books of guidance and affirmation for their confused and well healed brethren and sistren. This is, by the way, the class I was born into and whose assumptions I was expected to assume, and to this day I don't know why I didn't, The liberals are unified, not around the idea of equality, but around the conviction of their own proven superiority. This, in my experience, because of my experience, I have experienced this compulsion relentlessly. The only disagreement I have with myself is a sort of chicken and egg one. Did we create the competitive concept of education, university education, to sort the wheat from the chaff, or did an otherwise neutral education system do do just that? naturally. Do be aware the education system was born in monasteries, so the second is unlikely. The educated will claim that what? Curiosity, the desire to follow knowledge like a sinking star beyond the utmost bounds of human thought, is natural to their class or community and not to the other one? The language is revealing. You socially climb. you better yourself, you rise, you matriculate, you graduate, you move on. As I lived it, my gang has shown almost zero interest in welcoming people to the clan, not like them, but have been murderously keen on disdaining and consigning to villainly those who didn't go to their schools agree with them and speak their language, a pompous and artificial language often unsuited to communication with anyone but one's chums. So it seems to me that there is precious little to separate the extremes, the clan-like zealots and the nattering nabobs. Both sides will stand upon their appropriate faiths, but they are both defined by being exclusionary. This latest Jag is inspired by an old film of Noam Chomsky talking about manufactured consent, the consensus, the agreement of the educated elite, really the left, that most of our one race are stupid, feckless, and incapable, while a few of us are full of feck. and Democracy is a matter of convincing the stupid that we have their best interest at heart, and then take up the lonely, heroic burden of being powerful. As Naomi Naomi points out, there really is nothing to choose between Vladimir Lenin's version of this messianic thing and any given famous American liberal from FDR to the NYT. Now, I have been a fellow traveler with this lot all my life and found chickens and eggs abounding. On a bus in London on the upper deck when one went to smoke, I rode alone to work as a 17-year-old and listened every day, every morning to all sorts of babble. There ought to be a university. Of course, but of course there isn't. If one wanted evidence, it is right there of a multiple, impenetrable, ordinary genius all around you. All you need do is listen if you can listen. Chicken and egg again. I have to be open Enough to hear it. If my identity is high, tied up with how special and bright I am, for one thing, I would be driving to the high paying job that reflects my success. But should the car be in the shop, so forced to take bus, would I hear? Could I? Or would it just be a waste of my time? Well, try this one. What arrogance must I possess to imagine I am part of all tribes? <sighs> part of all that i've met i keep quoting without much thought ulysses by tennyson a poem rather victorian about the ancient greeks described as cunning the ancient greek ulysses odysseus described as cunning duplicitous sneaky treacherous but here only in tennyson is consumed by curiosity this gray spirit yearning in desire all experience is an arch where through gleams that untravelled world whose margin foray fades forever and forever when I move. To imagine one is multitudes. Myself, not least, but honored of them all. Not least, but nor best. Did T.E. Lawrence just rack himself self-destroying to become a white Arab or did he remain English throughout? but comfortable in their company. Maybe he only related to the sheiks. We might never know. Or did he find them all sexy? That's the rumor. And there is a rub, at least. How many others have been accused of being of sexual excess? By the famously rigid colonists so asexual, they turn the act into rape, which to them it is and only is. Ours is not to reason why, oh my, more Tennyson comes unbidden. Chomsky just said, the intellectuals decide how the media should behave, and they, the intellectuals, are the most indoctrinated segment of society. Chomsky would claim to be an intellectual himself, but I guess not proudly, and as he is one, he is more so because he is alone. And I could not agree more. Do not borrow knowledge. Sometimes reading stops you thinking. In the midst of the U.S. current U.S. glut of breast swelling over the national animalistic Russians and their stunning propaganda, even Trevor Noah divulged his dose of the Kool-Aid at the correspondence. Shindig, remember when comedy was dangerous? Not since the 18th century, when you-know-who was founded. Chomsky points out in 1991 that foreign friends and colleagues would say, after visits to him, this country is the most brainwashed in the world. How much brainwashing does it take to deny this as fervently as America does? How much protesting too much to be comfortable? And here again, we have the relentless national obsession. We are we because we are better than. What a need. How much of all this is unconscious, and therefore maybe forgivable? They know not what they do, kind of thing? Well, all of it, if we must. Though some militarized zones need impatient reaction. This clannish instinct, I guess, is forgivable. Don't we all want to be part of something larger than ourselves? Well, no. Chomsky is a man alone. It is a step available to all of us through various cultures strongly, though various cultures strongly call it ill-advised, another crippling imperative of the monotheisms. To live outside the law, you must be honest, at least. I notice that living inside the shelter of the law and other conventions imprisons us very effectively. Losing our talent for nomadism makes us easily refugees. The flow from church to intellectual is unbroken. Both insist on an artificial life requiring indoctrination to tolerate. Is this insistence forgivable because we are afraid and made craven by it? No. How long do you need? How much time do we have? Ukraine has led the US media and their intellectual allies to show their cards. After generations of bluffing, they have come out and claimed, yes, we are better. Those bombs that fell on Iraq were just, what, video games? Yes the president will claim 70% of the world's population is wrong for not condemning Russia outright. As 75 million Americans proved in 2020, humans really do hanker after autocracy. In some sense, it is probably wise to imagine that all nations are democracies and some choose to be ruled by a Putin or a Ping. I am not on the ground, but I imagine they are, I cannot imagine they are more miserable than Americans. God forbid. Would such as I be locked up in China? Who knows? I'm a socialist. But I don't think everyone is or should be. Caveat, I do think grown-ups are socialists, naturally. Why? They understand life is more than property. Do you? The immaturity and smallness of capitalism suits many of us, and taking it away, rather like banning guns, would probably result in horror. Even the rumour of taking it away. I'm not capable of dressing capitalism up in celestial clothing. That the West does so is just sad, but I can still move around it. Ignore it somehow. Not much longer, but I won't live forever. The planet, on the other hand, big trouble. In the late 70s, early 80s, I was in Britain. Thatcher came to power, and I heard for the first time in my lifetime a British politician say things like, One need not be ashamed to be British. In that ghastly, snobby, artificial voice. She was taught by Sir Anthony Quayle, long may he rest in peace, almost played Ariel to his Prospero a few years later, though the company ended up in bankruptcy. He was a lovely man. But bankruptcy, Thatcher, typical. Anyway, she said many things in this theme. I thought, how strange are my fellow Brits so demoralized at this flattery works? The previous eight years I had been back after growing up in the States where this gruesome political groveling seemed second nature and has grown ever since, usually corresponding directly with some illegal US military invention somewhere, I have never heard this uttered in Britain, other than by Churchill during the very legal World War II when the British were brave and he justifiably proud, he of the few, trust me. Or the Elizabethans who were just US-type bullies, why not in post-war England? We have two parties, or we had a duality. To insist to the British working class how Britannia ruled the waves, you might get an earful read up on the first world war so there is a healthy skepticism of course but once the labor party had liberated their constituents from crawley Crawley mansion the island became tory only rescued by labor for labor by the ex-colonies closest to home the scots welsh and the northern irish so perhaps it is conservatives who need to be fed this sort of myth As the same time, at the same time as Thatcher rose, QE1-like, I was in drama school playing Macduff in my final year. It seems for some reason I was very effective as a grieving dad, vengeful dad. I don't know why, but it all seemed accessible to me. My mom, having seen it, said nothing. Till several days later, my best friend insisted, but Helen, wasn't he marvelous? She, not even looking at me, replied, of course he was. He's my son. QN scene of half a dozen corny movies, but that was not my reaction. Ha! I think I snorted and went to get another beer. Grateful, however, for the re- that for the rest of her life I never gave a toss what she thought of my works. So, when the Oleaginous left says, This is not who we are. We are a great nation. I don't hear an intelligent, elitist manipulator of the common person, Naomi. The ordinary folk, I hear an idiot who believes this Tosh Big Heap because he and she need to. That the American people seem to need it, affirms Edward Bernays, Edwin Bernays, Edward Bernays, the saddest people in the world. But then maybe they don't believe it. Many of them obviously turn to a higher power, who tells them they are special because they do turn to him. Where do the adults go? If I can find one, I'll tell you.